Hey, Clancy. Yes, Josh. Right now in all of, you know, all of this, I find myself wanting to do more, to find ways to give back. Well, that can be easy by opening a web browser with Tab for a Cause. You know what? You're right. Tab for a Cause is a browser extension that lets you raise money for charity while doing your thing online. For me, that thing is looking for Animal Crossing design inspiration. And for me, that's watching cat videos as self-care. Well, sure. Once installed, you'll see a beautiful photo and a small ad whenever you open a new browser tab. Viewing those ads generates money, part of which goes towards a charity of your choice. Make donations to charities like Water.org, Save the Children, Human Rights Watch, and more. Join the Nonplus team by signing up at tabforacause.org slash nonplussed. Again, that's tabforacause.org slash nonplussed. Fun fact, a lot of people who go by Clancy, their full name is Clarence, but that is not the case for you. No, it's not. It's Clancy through and through thanks to the man from Snowy River and my mom choosing the name. Why does that sound like the opening lyric to a ballad about your life? <laughs> Welcome to Nonplussed, a mischief media podcast. That's my husband, Clancy. And over there is my husband, Josh. Yeah. Welcome. Welcome. We're back. Um, What's new with us? Uh, I've got a new plaza in Animal Crossing. Yeah, it's pretty great. Yes, it's a retail plaza. So I've got my tailor shop and my nook's cranny up on an elevated area with some waterfalls and some lit palm trees. It's quite nice. You're doing a lot of good work with pathing. Yeah. You've got a leaning tower of Pisa. Uh, yes, I do have a leaning tower of Pisa. I don't know where I got it from, but it is one of my a most A tree. Prized. Didn't it come out of a tree? It probably came out of a tree and it oh, is my man. most prized possession. I would love to live life on one of these islands. Truly. <laughs> um, what else? What else have we been up to? We had a fun D and D session last week. We did. Yeah. We've been, we've been doing that. We've been trying to do it almost every week. Yeah, we've we've week. had some some downtime, but uh, we've been going solid with the same little party for a couple months. Yeah, I've been it's been fun running water deep dragon heist, and that's been a lot of fun. Yeah. What else? Uh, I might start streaming soon. Yeah, yeah. We bought a uh, uh, a razor something cast something or other. They're not know. a sponsor. Who cares? It doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but you- yeah, hopefully we'll be able to do some some streaming. Josh wants to do it in drag. So yeah, why not? Really with fun. my mustache, with yeah. my officer Colt Bronco mustache. Let's see what we can drum <laughs> up. Um, what you're going to have to explain this next note to me. Oh, the next note is Zenimation. It's a new thing on Disney Plus that I need to get into. Uh, oh. It's apparently like ASMR, but with Disney. Oh, and um, it's on Disney Plus? It is. So essentially they've taken like old... Um, or they've taken scenes out of movies and removed all of the music. And all it is, is just all of the sound effects. And it's just oh. kind of like a little zone that you can get in. That'd be great and to work to. Yeah, for sure. My goodness. That's so. exciting. We'll link that in the show notes. You'll yeah, have to give me sure. that link for the show notes. Um, what else on the, we've got it. We're talking to our first potential guest. Yes. That's on very, the horizon. Very exciting. Very exciting. Working out scheduling there. Some more on that soon. And, um, and yeah, all that aside, be sure to visit mischiefmerch.com. You can snag our t-shirt there. There's the whole socially distancing line that's pretty great. We've got other uh, different merch items from different conventions that Mischief's done and other podcasts on the network. 
Um, they've got a really great one for uh, his dark materials, and it's um, jo- uh, like Jordan college sweater that's really cute. Oh, that's red. Yeah, and it looks like a traditional college sweater. Yeah. Um, and of course, there's a Pottercast. There's all sorts of Pottercast stuff up there and Harry Potter stuff. But yeah, all that more at mischiefmerch.com. Go check it out. Do it. All righty. Do you want to talk about the movie we're doing this week? I want to talk about the movie we're doing this week. So what movie are we talking about this week, Josh? We are talking about 1992's Sister Act. It's the, as the description says, it's the film that's the quintessential nun on the run. <laughs> um, starring Whoopi Goldberg. It was released May 29th, 1992. It's a runtime of a neat hundred minutes. Yeah, it wasn't It wasn't too long. No, like I felt like it was a good... At was, no point was I bored. It was paced well. Yeah. So this is based on an original screenplay. So this isn't actually uh, based on a book or anything like that. Yes. This was directed by Emil Ardolino. Mm-hmm. Um, he directed Dirty Dancing and Gypsy. Um, is that that was the Bette Midler Gypsy, right? Yes. The TV. That's the, the one TV that we movie. have on. I think we have it on digital. It's my favorite. Oh, you do. You, you own it on it's iTunes. It's my favorite of the first two movie musicals I ever acquired of my own volition <laughs> that weren't Christmas gifts from my mother who later professed to be confused and surprised by my coming out after giving <laughs> me things like The Sound of Music and Cats on VHS as Christmas gifts. Also Beetlejuice and Mr. Holland's Opus. I don't know which she's going for. Anyway. I mean, yeah. Anyway, I loved that Gypsy. Yeah, it was, it was Gypsy and Into the Woods where the first two like, oh, these are mine. I, I bought them at whatever that was. Sam Goody. Was that the or like Blockbuster Music? One <laughs> Sam of those. Goody. I haven't. I, I, I forgot about them. We, they used to have a place in the mall. I, this is yeah. what I'm saying is like it's on the cusp of my memory. <laughs> so I can't imagine you would have very clear because there was another one down by the Sears at Willowbrook Mall. And I can't remember what it was. It's right across from the KB Toys, which is the opposite end of the mall from the gap that I used to work at. But I digress. Yeah. Unfortunately, Gypsy was one of the last movies that he did. He actually ended up dying um, in 1993 from complications with AIDS. It was we'll get to this as we go through the rest of the creative. But this is this is quintessential queer cinema. It is. And we didn't even realize it because all of the creative power behind this outside of like, uh, you know, disney it's all gay men yeah which is uh, like super surprising as i was really on brand for our show 100 percent. so it was uh it was written by joseph howard or at least that's what the credits would lead you to believe right um so the script well yeah go go ahead continue it was actually paul rudnick um that's his real name um yes but because the script had been rewritten so many times yeah uh he really didn't see it as his script anymore and didn't really want his name attached to right. it which kind of sucks um i mean i get it but take take a take a creator credit or something right like for sure negotiate for something i i get that like your your creative baby is no longer your creative baby and i don't want my name on it anymore I get that, but it's also like it was one of the most commercially successful films of the early nineties. Yeah. And Suck I, it up and take the paycheck. The Wikipedia said there was about like a half a dozen screenwriters that were on that were helped work on it. Yeah. <laughs> um, including Carrie Fisher. I've got a note about that later. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Robert Harling and Nancy Myers. Yeah. Um, and that's when, you know, after all that redneck was like, well, just take my name off of it. Cause he wanted to credit <laughs> himself as um, written by goofy. Oh my god! Like as a as a, like a are you serious thumb to the nose? Yes, to um oh my to god. Disney, um and they were like no, just give us a name, like stop stop being petty and give us a name. 
But yeah, uh, he was also uh, openly gay. Yeah, openly gay. And that's like what like that was. That was really yeah, I mean, he wrote Jeffrey and, you know, that became the success that it was. And it, yeah, it, he wrote uh, Adam's Family Values, which in and of itself is sort of at least like gay cultural cinema. Oh, for sure. Debbie. And so many queens love to do a Debbie drag <laughs> number, even when it's not Halloween. Um, and then, of course, the Kevin Klein film In and Out, which is about it was sort of an allegory about Tom Hanks kind of outing his theater teacher from high school. Oh, who he thanked in his Oscar speech for Philadelphia. Okay. It's a whole big thing, but it was, it, and it had, um, both of them had Joan Cusack. Like it's all everybody's, this is, this is, this is queer culture. Even like, Oh, I, I have a friend and she's really <laughs> great at playing this kind of role. So why don't you, Oh, I've I got to write a role for her. She's hilarious. Have you met her? This is my friend. It's just so, this is delightful. Yeah. Hollywood in the 90s is a riot. <laughs> uh, and so who did the music, Josh? Well, Mark Shaman. And this create this uh, creates, completes our, our uh, home triumvirate of creative direction for the film. Mark Shaman is, he's, he's touched every gay ass thing. When they just did the Pretty Smash much. concert the other yeah. night. Mark Shaman did the, the him and, um, and his writing partner, they did the music for smash and uh, Shaman himself beaches when Harry met Sally city slickers at his family <laughs> sleeps. This is the idol. A few good men, like anything that, that also in and out also he, South park, bigger, right, longer. And he's, he's like, almost he's the, um, so he's almost the, um, he's almost the John Williams of like popcorn movies, but yeah. also I bet even like, I mean, a few good men. It's, he's just done so and also mary poppins returns yes mary poppins returns hairspray like I was <laughs> fucking, it, and gay gay is a three dollar bill as, yeah. as my father used to say no this is it's delightful and that's i think i think the state it was a really power. nice surprise like yeah. doing this research and then realizing that oh wow okay yeah it kind of makes sense but also like yes yeah and he's got a long-term relationship with disney and it's oh, just good this, I mean, that I. This is why this movie holds up. Like you can sit back and enjoy this movie for the time capsule that it is. Yeah. Like this, this didn't feel like work. This was such a fun watch. No, I, I definitely enjoyed it. So the synopsis on this is: when a worldly singer witnesses a mob crime, the police try to hide her as a nun in a traditional convent where she has trouble fitting in. <laughs> oh, does she? Yes. But yeah, that was the synopsis. Uh, there were no extras on Disney Plus for yeah. this. Just the trailer. But this is another one, like, I was surprised at first to find on Disney+, Plus, but it's a Touchstone one, too, right? It is, yeah. It was, yeah. It was re- well, it was produced by Touchstone, but it was released under Buena Vista. Oh, well, yeah, still all Disney. Yeah, all Disney umbrella. Disney companies. Yeah. Um, which, I mean, is how they get the word shit in it a bunch of times. Yeah. And, you know. This was, this was edgy for Disney money. For sure. I loved it. Well, let's get into the, into the... The cast, yeah, yeah. So, of course, it's starring Miss Whoopi Goldberg as Dolores Van Cartier. Yeah, most recently seen outside of The View on RuPaul's Drag Race as a guest host. Yes, which was wonderful. <laughs> it was so she delightful. was so good. And this is what's funny to me about Whoopi in this movie. I forget because the Whoopi of my consciousness for like the past fifteen years has been like the wise sage of the business. Whoopi, like yeah. she's she she gets heated on The View, but like. A lot of the stuff she's been in has been very like the wise old lady, even the 30 rock episode, right? Where Trace is trying to get his EGOT. He's going to her oh, yeah. for advice and to remember how physical a comedian she used to be. She gets into it with this movie. She's 
So it, it was just a delight to see. I was like, oh shit, yeah. Whoopi used to go all over the place. Yeah, she was wonderful. Yes. Of course, she's in the color purple. Ghost, she got, that's yeah, how she spe- got her Oscar. Speaking about Ghost, that was one of the, probably the first movies I saw with Whoopi Goldberg <laughs> um, because my grandma had a VHS of Ghost and that was pretty much the only movie that they had That's that too sexy a movie for a young child yes. to be watching. And we watched that it Unchained Melody scene. Oh my goodness, Clancy. Oh. <laughs> holy crap um but yeah and she's also got a, a relationship with disney because she was one of the hyenas in uh the lion king yep um and also in in and out yeah how stella got her groove back star trek she was going on and what's funny is this isn't the facts later but we may as well mention it now the little girl who plays her at the very beginning of the film also played a young version of her on star Trek. That's amazing. Yeah, okay. That that's awesome. Yeah. Um, so yeah, she, I mean, you know who Whoopi Goldberg is. And then of course, as the Reverend mother, mother superior, she's credited and referred interchangeably. And I'm not Catholic enough to know the difference. Um, but this is, this is Dame Maggie Smith. Yeah. You know her as, um, professor McGonagall from the Harry Potter films, you know, her from Downton Abbey, um, as the Dowager Duchess, she got her first Oscar for the Prime of Miss Jean Brody in 1969, and yep. I played the art teacher in a production of that in high school. That's amazing. That's where that painting of our my friend Vera is from. My high school's production of the Prime of Miss Jean Brody. Oh, that's wonderful. That, where that piece of art comes. Yeah, from. she was also in Nomeo and Juliet in 2011. Uh, she was also in Sherlock Gnomes in 2018. <laughs> Uh, so she definitely had a gnome part of her career. And I, yes. I, 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 I like that she embraced that. I feel like she got to a point in her life where she <laughs> said, you know what? You don't know me. No. Oh, she also, uh, was in a video game. She played, <laughs> shut up. That was nonsense. It was awful. She was also in a video game. She was, she actually voiced McGonagall in the Harry Potter Hogwarts mystery game. Yeah. Which is pretty rad. Yeah. That's like, great. It's super cool. Harvey Keitel played Vince LaRocca. Yes. (laughs) I love Harvey Keitel in a comedy, but he, I don't know. I think there were, there were some very sincere, this is a very sincere film overall. Yeah. Um, it doesn't, I mean, it's easy to suspend my disbelief, right? It's really easy. They don't stretch too far. Sure. A poppy choir of nuns is literally the brink of my suspension of disbelief for this film. (laughs) And it like it gets there. It's like, hey, this is exactly what I what I expected. Harvey Keitel is in a moderately more serious movie because he's played the roles that he's played in Taxi Driver and Thelma and Louise and Rivers to Dogs and Pulp Fiction. Like, that's the guy that Harvey Keitel is. Yeah. And I have to imagine he saw this as an opportunity to be in a funny movie and maybe kind of like lighten his image up a bit. But he's still like super serious mobster yeah it's ridiculous but it's kind of like there's a little bit of bumbliness to it and i thought that was but cute it, it's not him yeah it's it's his sidekicks in oh fact, you're right he yeah, leans yeah. into stereotype a little bit at the very beginning when he's just like why why you you want me to eat you the food you made you want me to, why and it's just like yeah it was kind of gross i i half expected him to be like forget about it. like where are we going with this <laughs> but like he was and even then like that scene oh we'll get to it we'll get to it Bill Nunn, uh, he played Lieutenant Eddie Southern. Yes. Um, he uh, he was in Do the Right Thing and Spider-Man's 1 oh, through yeah. 3. Um, he did die in 2016. Jeez. Yeah. From leukemia. So kind of sad there. But yeah, I mean, he's super like he's been in a bunch of stuff. 
yeah, yeah. He's yeah. he's he's a familiar face. I mean, he's he's the kindly authoritative figure in a lot of things, or like uh-huh. the questionable authoritative figure. Like he's just got such a pleasant, inviting, trusting face, and he his his entire acting career has been like playing either side of that. Yeah, and he's just always a delight when he's one of those actors that you're like, oh hey. I yeah. like him in things. It was delightful. Yeah. Um, we also had Mary Wicks. Uh, she played Sister Mary Lazarus. Yes. She uh, was in The Man Who Came to Dinner in uh-huh. 1942. Uh, she also was the animation model for 101 Dalmatians for Coella. Oh, my God. So, like, she was the one that came in. They took pictures to, yeah, like, yeah, make yeah. the model. Yeah, it was, uh, I thought that was pretty great. I love that. Yeah, she was also in Postcards from the Edge, uh-huh. which is another Carrie Fisher tie-in. Yep. Um, uh, Little Women in 1994, uh-huh. and then uh, she she also voiced a character in Hunchback of She's Notre one Dame. of the gargoyles, yeah, yeah, and she unfortunately she passed, passed away, yeah. And mm-hmm. then uh, I guess like the last six or so lines or something of of that movie was was done by somebody else. But, oh, yeah, bless. Yeah, sucks. she had a lot of nuns in her in her <laughs> she career, did in her, in her uh, no her I, her Wikipedia like described her as the one like nun or housemaid that would always keep the people in check and yeah. have like you know she was the sassy authority figure exactly uh then of course kathy and jimmy as sister mary patrick i love her yes so much this this kind of like boosted her career because <laughs> she went on to do hocus pocus and what's funny is she has a line in this one where she's like hey sing a spell and then in her very next movie for disney she sings a spell yep i thought that was funny <laughs> and then you know she was in rat race in 2001 um, she was on Veronica's closet for a few years. And of course she voiced Peggy Hill on King of the Hill. Yes. I didn't realize that was her. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. And then also we're rewatching a lot of older seasons of drag race. We just saw her as a guest judge on drag race. That's right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, finally we have Wendy McKenna. McKenna. Yeah. Yeah. She plays sister Mary Robert. Yes. But of course she didn't do the singing for the film. That was Andrew Robinson. Yeah. But she's been in uh, things like an Airbud Air. state of play and most recently a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Oh, that was such a sweet one. It was. Alrighty, let's dive in. So we begin with the cold open. Yeah, it's it, well, it's flashbacky, and they don't, yeah. you know, they don't want it to. I mean, it sets things up like it's a nice little. It's almost like a um, like an opening serve in a badminton game. Because that little actress, Isis Carmen Jones, bless her heart. Like I said, she played a young Whoopi on a Star Trek episode too. Yeah. She is not selling that d- the delivery of those lines or it's anything. It's a little rough. <laughs> she is, it's rough, but look, she is, you could see that act, the actress is thinking, I am on camera. I'm playing a young Whoopi Goldberg. Yes. Everybody's going to know my face. And that's the most amazing thing in the world. Oh, yeah. And I'm here for it. I'm he- 100% here for it. But she's, yeah, you know, she went to Catholic school. So it sets up uh, a little bit. You know what it does? It solves the problem of having to teach a Vegas showgirl about baseline Catholic ritual. Right. Like she, she's not going into it cold. She understands it. Yeah. It, 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 again, it helps you suspend that disbelief a little bit. Like, yeah. Oh, she, you know, she went to Catholic schools growing up. But also, she never took it seriously. She's got a bit of an attitude. She's making Beatles jokes all the time. Right. And her her nun teacher's just like, don't you know what girls like you end up becoming or whatever? And she's like, you then- shady. All of these nuns are like um, the Order of St. Shade. Like, I, because sure. all of them, the of they weaponize shade <laughs> via prayer in oh this film. God. And it's 
I mean, again, you had a bunch of gay men and Carrie Fisher writing the script for this. So yeah, for sure. It's, I guess, to be expected. It's just hilarious. But cut to, oh, you know, what kind of girl she becomes. (laughs) She becomes a girl who loves attention. For sure. So she's doing, this reminded me, she's, she, they're, you know, open, you know, it's cut to Reno. In a casino. In a casino on the stage in front of the bar and there's like slot machines right in front and i've neither of us have been to reno we talked about this yeah but i know these spaces it's like um it must have been the plaza where there was like a stage and live music yeah literally like two feet from no it was a hundred percent slot machine the plaza because there was like it was a little bar and then there was a stage that was yes yeah Mm -hmm. my god As they start singing about a handsome guy, a guy in a mullet walks by and I just, I made a note. I was just like, oh, yeah, it was 92, wasn't it? Yeah. In fact, I think Mark Shaman had a mullet at this point. But as the, yeah, as they're going through this medley, like she just her face is reading that she's just over it. She's over the guy in front of her who's focused on his video poker and not on her. Yeah. She's over the balding man who's just like chain smoking in her face. You don't give a shit. She says at one point. Yeah. Like, she's just like, well, and when like her face on what you say, it's just like, she is so over it. Yeah. I felt like this when I was performing, but like there have been times like when I would do um, community theater and we'd have to go to like a Barnes and Noble as like a preview. Oh no. Yeah. Because sometimes you're in a space where you're fully expecting one kind of experience and the experience changes so rapidly into such a degree that you're both mad and afraid. And that's generally, I feel like that's the other side of the coin of what she was getting at, which is like complete indifference. And it's just like (laughs) what these, these people really would not just rather I not be here, but rather I not exist. Oh, geez. (laughs) I mean, it's thrilling. It's thrilling. Yeah. (laughs) So we cut to Whoopi in her apartment with what's his name? Vince. Vince. That's right. Harvey Keitel. And Whoopi's like made her or made him dinner. Yes. And I love her, her whole art deco, like thirties, forties aesthetic that she's rocking. Is that thirties, forties? Maybe it's twenties. Anyway, she's got all this really like, chintzy art deco stuff and i love it even her play settings but yeah she's I was gonna say yeah her play settings were were very nice she's prepared a meal for him and she wants to you know they're clearly in a relationship and she wants to solidify it more and we find out that she's she's essentially the, the side the, piece the girlfriend yeah jesus clancy <laughs> she's he's cheating on his wife with or he's hey you know what they're consenting adults maybe the wife even knows but he is yeah he is uh, sleeping around with Dolores and he is married to another woman and there's tension. And this is where it like kind of gets super dark and maybe a little too grounded. Yeah. Um. And, but, but it's fine. I mean, the, the outfit that she's wearing and this whole fight, it's just like, Whoopi can do drama. Okay. Yeah. And at one point she's like, you know, you, you need to, you either need to like be with me or I, where I'm done with this. Right. And, and Vince is like, well, I went to, I went to confession and Fonther Antonelli told me that, you know, divorce is a sin and I can't do that. It's such a weird guilt yeah. trip to put on the woman that you're cheating on your wife with. 
But even you want me then, to go against what the priest said? I can't get divorced. You want me to go against a priest? But even then, Christianity just creeps into her life <laughs> and just, you know. Well, Catholicism specifically. <laughs> Catholicism. Catholicism specifically, <laughs> which uh, yet can do that from yes. what I understand. <laughs> But yeah, it's it's so it's not no. It, it's it's almost, just not right now. No, it's almost from like it feels like a scene from a Tennessee Williams play. Almost <laughs> like it's weird and <laughs> and almost out of place. But she's yeah, understandably distraught that he won't leave his wife for her, and she's she's fed up. She's going to go somewhere else, and she's gonna she goes downstairs to her bandmates, played by um, Jennifer Lewis. And Charlotte Crossley, okay. Jennifer Lewis, she was um the grandmother on Blackish. Is that okay? Right? Yeah. Yes, I think she was the grandmother. She played Ruby and Rosie on Blackish. Um, but she's when Shangela came back for All Stars, she's who Shangela did for Snatch Game. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. See, sometimes we just gotta tie it back to Drag Race for to trigger Clancy's <laughs> memory. But yeah, at first I thought one of those was um Jennifer Holiday, who was the original Effie in Dreamgirls. Um, that. But it wasn't. Yeah. Charlotte just looked in that wig. Charlotte looked like, I mean, it was clearly a Dream Girls reference. It was a, it was a, you know, a, a girl group, black girl group reference, the whole thing. Yeah. So I was meant to get that imagery, <laughs> but I clocked Jennifer, Jennifer Lewis. I clocked Jennifer Lewis immediately because she's just got this ageless bone structure. She's, <laughs> she's a goddess from above. I did notice Whoopi has a tit tat. Whoopi has a tit tat. I did we look up if if that was God? See, see, I I, I should have. Been we a were subliminally let down the road to boobs. What is this podcast becoming? Yes, she does have a tattoo. Oh my god! <laughs> Which I mean is hey great. Girl, like embrace yeah, it. You it know? works. Yeah, Fuck yeah, it. Yeah. I've got eleven. I don't know. I've lost count. There's three on my ankles. <laughs> Four, five, six, seven, eight nine ten that sounds right yeah so vince sends down some of his like his two goons to deliver like a, an i'm sorry gift to yes Whoopi. turns out to be a purple mink i mean red flag number one right that thing is hideous it is hideous it's and she hideous. never actually puts it on completely so no. i don't even know if it is a coat at all who knows but she finds out you know it's it's embroidered with his wife's name yeah, and, and that's the last out. straw. Like she's yep. like, "Yep, nope, this is it. I'm leaving." And she she's gonna go upstairs and throw it in his face. And she actually puts on another fur coat that's better than the one With that she actual was actual foxtails like yeah, dangling yeah, yeah. off of it. Oh my god, I think it's a real fur. Let's just keep going. I can't talk about <laughs> it. So she storms up there in the middle of like all of this has been counterposed with again a very serious Goodfellas esque kind of like mobster interrogation scene. Yep. And as she gets to the door and walks in to give him what for, and she's been. This whole trip down the stairwell around the casino. She's whatever. been talking about where she's going to go. You what can take she's this coat. Shove it. I'm going to go to Chicago. I'm going to go to Los Angeles where they don't need fur coats. I'm going to go to Timbuktu. She's just going on and on and on. Right. She like as she gets to the door, she kind of like falters. She loses her resolve a bit. And it's like, Whoopi's doing drama again. OK. Um, and she opens the door like just as this little ginger monster gets shot. And Harvey Keitel goes full like supervillain mode. Whips around, starts kind of trying to see if she's going to snitch or not, I guess. I don't know. It was just very uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Again, it's it's from a mobster movie. This movie isn't really a comedy yet. No, not at all yet. And, and we're we're in. She books it like this is this is a classic trope. This is the same setup as uh, Connie and Carla, which is not on Disney Plus. But yeah, she sees her mobster boss uh, shoot somebody. She's now a 
Which I'm pretty sure that they shot this guy in the middle of the day. Like, I mean, it's a casino, so who knows what time it is. The time does does tend to jump as they move through this sequence. Because then by the time she finally gets outside, because she's, he sends a, they, she leaves and shuts the door and she's dithering on the doorstep for a minute while they're deciding what to do for her. And I don't know if it's meant to seem like she's listening at the door because she's kind of far away from it. Yeah. And when it finally cuts to her moment of decision, she just throws the coats up and books it. And then like the chase ensues. And this happens multiple times in this movie. And this is a trope in movies, man, working in a kitchen in Vegas, right? You, life insurance gonna, must've been awful. You're going to have to deal with guns. So many people just people running, running through. You. You're just trying to set your mise en place. Yeah. You're, you're pouring tr- sauces and it's God. Is it, is it, is it Tuesday again? There's another fucking mobster chase happening. <laughs> Through, through the, the goddamn brunch rush. Can you just do this at a different time? <laughs> I mean, it is, it is weird that like, this is such a, uh, a trope in movies running through kitchens. We could, I mean, honestly, we could do a whole different podcast talking about running through kitchens, movies where there are scenes of running through kitchens and just talking about those scenes. Right. Oh my God. I mean, we could do X-Men. We could do Ratatouille. We could do. Yeah. There's so many <laughs> and we wouldn't be bound to just one platform. No, the dream, the dream. What have we signed ourselves up for? <laughs> oh, there's also a moment where like, I think it's right when that guy gets shot that like, there's a, uh, the, the music with all these really loud horns oh. comes in and it caught me off guard. It was, it was right. <laughs> it was right at the turn. It was at when it, when it went from being a serious mob scene to a chase scene, right? Because it happens when the doors open and it's just like, and we both jumped. We were both just like, <gasps> okay. Bring her back now for talk. And if she wants, then what? Take care of it. Oh, horns. And then like a chase ensues. And that's yes. Yeah. And so then we cut to Whoopi in a cop interrogation room. Yeah. Well, she, yes. Cause she ducks and dives and dodges. And at one point she comes out through the sewers for some reason. Oh, that's right. Yeah. She, um, like, I guess she went down through like into the basement of a casino, came out through the sewer and there just happened to be a taxi there. And yeah, she takes the taxi to the police station. Yeah. Um, and where you know, it's again, very tropey, you know, there's just the sort of like one overhead light in this big room. And these two detectives are interrogating her. And that's when Lieutenant Souther. Yeah comes in our, our kindly authority figure to sort of be like, no, 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 you're exactly the person that we need right now. Yeah. Officer, a cup of cup of coffee to kind of calm her down a bit. I had the note here that I just love this getup she's wearing. Cause it's kind of like crisscrossed like ribbon across our decolletage with some, oh, uh, yeah. some sheer material and some rhinestones. Like she's dressed like a drag queen. Like this is a scene from an audition video for drag race. <laughs> it basically, Oh my is. God. If I ever audition for drag race, I'm just going to do this do scene. scene. <laughs> You'll have to play every other role in it. Oh, that's fine. Okay, good. But this is where they were like, you need, we need you to go away. Like we need you, we need you to go away for a couple of months while we get ready for trial. It's witness protection. Right. And she is not really into it at all, but understands that she needs to do it. So we then cut to San Francisco where they're going into St. Catherine's convent. Yep. And this is where I noted that I love uh, Eddie Souther's tie. Did you notice it? It looks like it was a tie made from his grandmother's couch. Like it's a dark blue background with a little like mushrooms and ferns (laughs) all over it. I'm like, this is a a cop. This is a cop in Reno. Why? What is this tie? And I can't tell if, you know, we get James, James Duty Dench. No, we get Dame Maggie Smith. (laughs) 
as the Reverend Mother slash Mother Superior. Yes. And, you know, they're discussing with the Monsignor, you know, hiding Dolores out there. And like, she's she's chilling out with Eddie. And yeah, the Mother Superior's motivation here essentially is protection. She even says at one point, she's like, our, 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 these clothes don't protect our sisters anymore. The walls do. Oh, yeah. And I, I, I don't know if that's a comment on like the power of faith in the 90s or like if it's like this is just a really bad neighborhood because like, you know, later we see there's an adult bookshop across the street in the biker bar, which may or may not be a gay bar. I've got points to make. <laughs> so, yeah, like she sees her charges protecting these women and she sees Dolores as a threat. When Whoopi comes into the room. Yes. And now now ordained sister Mary Clarence. Yes. So Mary Clarence doesn't want to come into the room and Maggie Smith grabs her by the beads and pulls her in. By the rosary. And I was yes. just like, oh, <laughs> uh, was she had done that? Because Dolores is struggling with all of this. And, yes. and, and Maggie Smith, Mother Spirit goes, People wish to kill you. Anyone who's met you, I imagine. Oh. Oh, yeah. No, she, again, super, super shady. Mother Superior of St. Shady. Oh my God. So they go into the lunch and she's got, of course, things to say about the food. This is the whole, you know, it's the outsider adjusting to the super conservative lifestyle. It's, it's, it's a trope show and I love it. Yeah. So she like tries the food and the food is not good. She asked for salt and then just asked for salt. She is being petulant in this moment. She, she is. And, and so mother superior tries to diffuse the situation by putting a vow of silence on the convent. Well, it's an order of silence. They've already taken, I mean, it, nobody's taking a vow in this scene. Fair enough. It's an order of silence, which Dolores just does not understand no. at all, which leads her to getting thrown out and being told she has to fast. And so when the, yeah. They move on to doing work in the garden. There's a whole scene of just her looking at a tomato. It's like a Warner Brothers cartoon. <laughs> but she doesn't want anybody else to see that she's getting the tomato and all of the who other wants nuns. To, who, wants just... a nun, who wants a nun to witness them steal anything? Fair enough. Come yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she, she gets that. And, uh, she ends up, the bell rings and all of the nuns start going back inside. She choose, she uh, takes a uh that time to steal the tomato and, and does this and- cute little sachet as the scene changes yes. in her little like nun habit. <laughs> um, and then cut to, you know, the um, Vince is uh, being arraigned or something's happening in court. He's coming out with his goons and his lawyer and yeah, Eddie Souther pulls up and he's just like, Oh, Hey, Hey, I'll see. Uh, mm, hi, wink, wink. Oh, you're gonna, you think you're gonna, and it's just like, I'm I'm sorry, I was like sir. Eddie, Eddie Souther is leading this investigation. You know, he's he's fully the the sort of like focus on or the leader on, you know, fight, taking Vince down. Yeah. And he's he's I mean, to use a casino metaphor, he's showing his hand. Yeah, a little bit. And I felt like that was kind of not really great no like, I, at that point i was like why why are you doing this well and later they're they're like hmm, there's You're a, literally the, telegraph there's a leak and and like that becomes a plot point later but like yeah i, I don't know that i a, think that he a, was the original leak that's what i'm saying i don't know that a leak would have been necessary the way you were nudge nudge wink winking vince on the way out of the courtroom oh my gosh um but yeah then we come back to uh Dolores kind of adjusting uh, and she comes back with the reads about her music career and she's just like oh I, oh I heard what kind of career you had sweetie and it wasn't all that great like you you might think that you're some hot shit but you know really and this is this is mother superior saying this yes yeah. and so and like you know because Dolores is, she's just like look we're we are your option and you know as as um 
as Whoopi, as Dolores is sort of considering the severity of these reads, we get this jazzy sax as the scene changes. Yeah. I was like, all right, this, this film is made in the nineties. <laughs> and uh, so she goes to bed at 9 PM, which she's beside herself with. And then is told that she has to wake up at 5 AM, which again is just foreign to, to Dolores. It's foreign to me. Yeah. <laughs> so we then cut to inside the, the main hall of the church and uh, you know, it's very sparsely populated <laughs> in the Monsignor's, you know, where is everybody? Uh, he, yeah. And like, sure, there aren't a whole lot of people there, but part of the reason is because there's all these uh, scaffolding taking up a lot of your seats, my good dude. Exactly. And also, like, is this a surprise to you? I feel like this has been happening for And it sounds years. like he's blaming the people who are actually showing up, which yeah. I guess. And this is where we're introduced to the choir. Oh, and it's <laughs> it's not great. It's I just wrote cringe. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of what it was. It was, I mean, it's well done to make it like, you know, and these, these, these girls can actually sing. Yeah. Well, there's that one point where that one woman just goes, hell, it's just (laughs) off time and flat. Oh no. And that was my only note about that was just hail. <laughs> and then I said, people do like the way she says hail. Cut back to the police station. Um he won't tell his partners where they're hiding uh, Souther won't tell his partners where they're hiding Dolores because you know now there's a there's a hit out for her. Yes. And he's like, hmm, there's a leak in the department." It's like, "Again, you were being super cocky, my dude." But he's also like there's a database like that they got this hit from like yeah it's like oh we're in the age of database hoods now <laughs> i was like oh the 90s <laughs> oh no yeah so we then kind of go into a montage of them doing chores they're making jewelry at first and sort of this is where dolores is building her backstory a bit and she lets some things slip like reno yeah and that one nun goes oh i love reno like when excuse me when did you take your vows honey um but also reno i know right (laughs) which again maybe that's the joke we don't know but at one point she starts talking about uh, a sex worker i won't use the word that they use because it's not a it's not the word we use anymore yep a sex worker named buckwheat bertha and oh my god i had that written down literally guffawed um (laughs) but then yeah we we go into uh you know your quintessential 90s cleaning montage yep puppy watch happens there's a dog there's a dog at one point and she's dancing while she's washing the car and then mother superior mother superior like the evil queen in fantasy land peeking through the window like stop it stop the dancing so dolores sneaks into mother superior's office to make a call to lieutenant souther yeah um to try to get reassigned somewhere else or whatever yeah she's at the end of her rope and he chastises her he's like just it's too much people are getting killed and like you're you're complaining about yeah right You're, you're complaining about all, all you have to do is just 
exist in this place for a couple of weeks. Like you don't have to do anything. You have no responsibilities other than just keep to yourself. Exactly. Keep going. And I don't know. Dolores just can't do that. No. And she feels defeated. That's when, um, she gets a knock at, she's back in her room. She gets a knock on her door from Mary Robert. Yeah. Who always looks like she's about to cry. (laughs) She like, it's something about the way the lights hit her eyes. That's a morag. Like it's, they always just look on the brink of tears. But yeah, she gives her this daisy clock that like, uh, do you remember what it says? Wake up daisy head. Yeah. And it's super annoying and super cute. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, just because she was like, well, you know, I had a hard time getting up uh, at my old convent and this helped me. Yeah, she opens up a bit. Yeah, and it was a really good moment. Dolores is able to be, oh, she's able to open up a bit. And, you know, she talks about, Mary Robert talks about like, you know, I feel like there's something special that only I can give. I don't know. Is that pride? And like, no, I think that that's, and she she's like, no, not at all. Like, that's that's the thing. That's, there's you know, there there is something. You, you are the only person like you kind of a thing. And. Yeah, I like that. I like that as an ethos. I've had a lot of um, some of my best teachers have been like, nope, there's you just got to figure out what the one thing you can you can do is or, or what's unique about you. And I yeah, like that. It as was a, a super sincere a moment. Yeah. And I really I really like that. That was it was a good moment. Yeah. And then she decides that she or Dolores then decides that she's going to a bar. Well, she peeks out the window and there's, there's, yeah, there's a, a biker bar. Well, she hears motorcycles and she looks out. That's and there's right. a biker and bar that, across the street yeah. or what I think is supposed to read as a biker bar, but it could just as easily be like a leather gay bar in yeah, San Francisco. Yeah, yeah. Or I mean, they're in San Francisco, but there's one guy at the, yeah. at the bar proper who looks straight out of a Tom of Finland cartoon <laughs> with like a, like a leather cap and tight curly hair and yep. really tight jeans and a big thick belt. He's just. Yeah, there were some bad wigs in that bar, though. Yeah. <laughs> As she's leaving the convent to do this, it seems like nobody's in bed and everybody's lurking in corridors because Mary right. Roberts pops out behind her. And then Mary Patrick, Kathy to Jimmy's character, she just sort of like pops up pops in the out corner. At the last second, and then it cuts to them outside. Yeah, so they follow her delightful. over there. and it's, Jay walking across the street, mind yep. you. Um, and it, what's funny is uh, on Wikipedia, it said that the, the church that they use for the exteriors, and I, I think that they filmed inside, was actually in kind of like an upper middle class area of San Yeah, they Francisco. had to make it all look They bad. had to redress everything to make it look like a bad <laughs> neighborhood, you know, with sh- sex shops and people walking around at all hours and whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, nuns in a bar and it becomes a whole Yeah, thing. she goes up to the bar. Like she, you know, holds her own um in it and uh orders a Coke and then realizes that the other nuns had followed her in. Yeah, and and Mary, was it I think it was Mary Robert goes, Yeah, we thought you we were you were just coming to minister to the winos like you used to do in <laughs> Reno. <laughs> want to tell me what you're doing here? Well, I, I thought that you might be ministering to the winos the way that you did in your convent in Reno, and I thought I could help. And I saw her leave, and it was very late, and I saw I followed it. What are you doing here? I'm here to see a man about a car for the convent. Really? Yes. Would a nun say winos? Oh my god, I love it. And then McGonagall catches them out of bed after a fun night of dancing to, to hits on the jukebox. Yep. Sister Mary Patrick tears it up. She does. It was, um, it was a good moment. Too. Yeah. Like, and I, my, in my experience, like this is, this is a, a general public reaction to nuns. When you see nuns in the wild, everybody's just kind of like, Oh, okay. Yeah. What do you need? Oh, you want to dance? Sure. Absolutely. Cause I went to a Catholic university. 
mm-hmm. uh, and well, got my theater degree there. And one time I was walking across the street to the McDonald's, literally across the street from the school. And as I'm about to walk in, I hear a little like meep meep on a horn. And I turn around and there's sister Martha Ann in her little Toyota Tercel hand rolling down the window. <laughs> and she goes, artist, excuse me, artist. Because she didn't know my name. And then she proceeded to compliment my performance and whatever the I'm latest just play call was on. You artist from across <laughs> the apartment now. Artist. She, <laughs> artist. She's just like, the, the play was magnificent and you were wonderful and you're, oh. you're, you're showing the, the beauty of God's work through your art. Oh my God. And it, and I, it was, I had a delightful time. Have a blessed day. And then just put it off into the drive through <laughs> me and her little Toyota. Bless herself. her. Yes. Mother Superior puts her in the choir to kind of get to punish her says you're just going to sing and sleep. That's what she ends up doing. So the next morning uh, they're in choir class and (laughs) it's uh, it's a bit rough. Yeah. um, But the secrets out that Dolores can sing. Sister Mary Lazarus is like, there's a word for this. It's mutiny. Yes. <laughs> and I'm just like, which is funny oh. because she flips almost immediately to like, oh, okay, I'm into this. Right. Once she realizes she knows what she's doing. And what's, I put the note that like Dolores is just really good at. She's one of those sorts of, of people, one of those sorts of mentors, which feels antithetical to the sort of like casino showgirl ethos. Sure. That will take a thing about a person and raise it up as a way to modify it or like make as a way to direct, like she's a great director yeah, for sure. You know, even with Mary Patrick, she's just like, you've got this beautiful instrument, but you need to be down here in, a, in an octave lower. Right. And it's octave lower. Yeah. Yeah. And, but she does it in such a beautiful way. And that's how she gets Mary Lazarus in because Mary Lazarus talks about like, I was in a convent in the woods. We didn't have electricity. And Dolores <laughs> is just like, you know, you're a task, you're a taskmaster. You, you like, you know, this is going to be hell. Yeah. Um, let's, you know, they're going to need to rehearse, rehearse, rehearse. And so she puts Mary Lazarus in charge of the rehearsal. And that's how she gets her on board. Yeah, it was a, it was a really creative way of building that dynamic between right. all of them. And that was really great. Alma is my favorite background character. She's the oh nun who God. plays the piano. And for two main reasons, a because of Alma. Check your battery, because I've been shouting that to people who can't listen <laughs> since college. And then I know the other note that I had was just Alma only ever smiles with her top teeth. I didn't realize yeah. that. And now I 100% see that. It's, oh my gosh. She's just so kooky <laughs> with that little hearing aid. So oh. uh, look, again, a little bit of a montage. There's a, the, this movie is a series of vignettes connected by montages and I'm fine yes. with it. I'm fine with it. It's great. Cause again, it's got it, good pacing. It's got great pacing. A little bit of montage of rehearsal. And then we're in another congregation where the, um, you know, they're sort of being set up as you know, we we understand that the choir has a new choir director and here's here's how they sound. And the sisters start singing and it's, you know, gorgeous choral music, it's super gorgeous. And yeah. All of these shady nuns not in the choir, not even hiding their shock, just all looking completely surprised that it sounds a bit more heavenly than it did previously. <laughs> yes. Like jaws are on the floor. Right. They get through like the first, I don't know, first Again, verse. Very like, choral, choral sort of verse and, and, and chorus. And then suddenly a tambourine comes out. The turn in the song gives me goosebumps to this day. I love it so much. It is good.
Robert is staring down Mother Superior like she's scared she's in trouble the entire time. Every time she gets up and she gets a little bit of that oomph in her voice, she's just like out of the corner of her eye, like Mad Dog and Maggie Smith, like the whole time. The whole time. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's fun. And I will say, as someone who did a lot of like scrabbly community theater stuff and then was in, in theater in college for a bit, even then we did two musicals while I was there. I I don't have a whole lot of formal training, but there's even even in those things when we when we got to the point where we knew we didn't sound awful or at yeah. the very least that we sounded better than we did before there's an electricity in that and it's just i i love how this movie captured that moment yeah because it felt genuine and real like it was really good so they finish and then we cut to sister or, or sorry mother superior's office yeah and she's giving dolores what for i don't want you introducing this boogie woogie on the piano no, no, no. she says boogie woogie oh, that's right <laughs> boogie woogie music girl groups boogie woogie on the piano what were you thinking yeah on the piano and all of the nuns are outside of the door listening to listening. her get read for filth and then the priest i'm assuming I the monsignor know, the monsignor comes up behind them and then also proceeds to listen in on what's going on and then this bitch goes into the room. Well, what they don't sell the enough, thing. and I think you get a little clearer picture of in the second film, is that he sees this as a marketing opportunity because, and to get people in. Yeah, but for I, sure. If that's sort of... Because it, literally it's as laid, was, It's laid lightly on top of everything they're doing, but yeah. they, they don't ever cement that home because he jumps in like that, and I, I feel like he's playing it up a bit. Oh, for sure. To, not just show his approval, but like to win the, the Reverend mother over mm-hmm. and Dolores picks right up on it. Like they haven't had any conversation about it. No, she, but she's just like, into I don't know if he's serious or if he's seeing the same thing I'm seeing, but, but like while they were singing, like kids from the street were coming from, yes, 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 yes. From outside, which in. lightly sets up the sequel, which is all bit. about like the school that the, the church sort of becomes and yada, yada, yada. Yeah. Yeah, Whoopi is turning into her own shady nun. Like, oh yes, it, it she's is, learning her lessons. Yes, nuns are efficient teachers. But they, it, sure. we get another montage because they're talking. They're building up on that community outreach aspect. And exactly, like cleaning up the church. They're going. Yeah, they're going outside. They're doing kind of an outreach. Essentially, they're standing outside of the porn store and giving away, selling raffle tickets for something, and just like, chasing away customers from the porn store. Go into the porn store and. And uh, what what's her name? The, the sister Mary Patrick. Patrick is like getting in his way. She's body blocking and trying to sell these. <laughs> these just tickets. so sincere, biggest smile on her face, yep. and he finally gives up and walks away. There's, it's just such I'll a good talk moment. about it a little bit more later. But they, whenever they were doing these location shoots with these habits, they would just go out and like play pranks on people while wearing these full habits. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. 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 That's amazing. I'll talk about it later. But yeah, so like they clean up this the the outside of the church and they they build a park that has a repurposed VW bug as playground equipment, which seems dangerous a little bit to me. Um, also, there was one nun that was like working on the car at the same time. Like yeah. she was getting into it and knew what she was. doing. And then again, uh, it's very 90s kind of almost sitcom trope about like the oil squirting out in their face. Yes. And it's just like it reminded me of those nuns having fun books and calendars. That are just all these black and white photos of nuns doing, you know, like riding roller coasters or smoking a cigarette. Yeah. Dolores is doing double jump or doing uh, double Dutch at, double one, point. Dutch at yes. one point. Yeah. And is good at it. Yep. Like that was actually Whoopi doing it. And yes. she was doing that without in, her shoes on in a nun outfit. Yes. Like 
She was barefoot though. Did you notice? I did not. She didn't have her little nun clogs on. Oh, that's She right. was flat footed. <laughs> but yeah, so all of this builds up to like a news report, which has to be national news. It has to be because it is also being broadcast in Reno. Yeah. And, bo- and both Vince and um, Souther see it in Reno and it's being broadcast from San Francisco. So it's got to be a national news program. Yeah. And it, it's kind of like the jig is up. And it also sets up that the Pope is coming regardless. Yeah. So like, that's a major plot point. That's kind of like getting us through. It's almost a light MacGuffin. <laughs> a um, bit, yeah. Light MacGuffin Shantae you stay. <laughs> so then we get back to, you know, them now, not only are they good singers, but because they're getting a lot of attention, they're going to put a, you know, a sixties um, girl group spin on it and, and do a parody version of my guy as my God. Which, again, I thought this was the way the original song was. Right. Which but is not hey, the case. Yep. So the Monsignor's doing his sermon, and he's just got ho jokes. He starts doing, um, a, he starts talking about Mary Magdalene and how, like, um, everybody knew her or whatever. And it's just yes. like, this priest is telling ho jokes. Pretty much. Yeah, they get into the number of, of my God and... There, there's a choreograph now, like they're all dancing. There's that, there's the whole like, well, cause he's setting up this little like bit of dialogue that is Mary Magdalene talking to these girls talking about Jesus. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and that like, that's sort of all him setting that up and then they jump into the song and everything's choreographed. Yeah. Hail girls. Hail Mary. What's up? Well, Jerusalem's become a real drag. Everybody hates me. Uh, uh-uh, uh, not that guy over there who him. They all say he's different. They say he's really weird. We don't care what people say. To us, he's always there. Really? Nothing you could say could tear me away from my God. My God. Nothing you could And at one point, Sister Mary Lazarus jumps and turns the wrong way. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I-, I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> I think that that wasn't, I don't think that was intentional. I think think that was was actually like, because when you look at her face, (laughs) which I immediately did, she just kind of like shrugs it off. (laughs) Oh, I feel like they had a better take of it, but this one looked better. Yeah. And then they also do at the end of it, some deep shoulder action, which is the title of my memoirs, deep shoulder action, a Josh Whitkey story. Yes. So the next scene, uh, is where we learn that the Pope is actually going to be. coming. Yes. Well, we knew he was coming to town. Now he's going to, what was the line? Take a moment out of his inordinately busy schedule, which just seems like such a weird way to describe yeah. what the Pope is up to. Yeah. The Pope wants to come and see these dancing and singing, singing nuns. nuns. Yeah. And uh, poor Maggie in this point. Mother Superior. Mother Superior is very much, everything is kind of stacked against her right now. She feels very out of her element. Yes. And she tries to steer everything back. She's, you know what? We're going to do our traditional program. We're not going to have any of this progressive musical boogie numbers. Boogie woogie. Right. And uh and then she calls for a vote because she's like, you know, hey, this isn't this isn't a a, a police state. I'm open, but it's still shady. She's just like, surely we can all come to a mature and dignified position. Uh, oh, 100% solution. And only one one nun raises her hand. And when she support. does when she does the counter vote that's full of shade. Who's the first hand that goes up? Alma's goes Alma's straight goes up. straight up with those <laughs> with top teeth smile. out. Like, hey. Oh my God. Oh, Alma, oh I she's love the her. best. But yeah. And at this point, this is when uh, 
kind of Mother Superior feels very defeated. Yeah. Which I, this was probably the weakest scene in all of this for me because she starts talking about how because Dolores is finding out that the trial is coming up and she, she's going to be leaving soon. And she kind of feels bad yeah. about that because she, you know, wanted to prep these girls to sing for the Pope mm-hmm. and mother superior is like, she's like, you know, clearly there's nothing I can do. She, it sounds like, and maybe it's the edit. It just sounds like she's giving up. And I'm like, that just doesn't sound like the mother superior. She's just like, well, when you leave and they're going to be so upset, I can't keep that momentum. I can't do anything to sustain that energy. So I'll just go somewhere else where I can be of better use. Just sounds so defeatist. Yeah. Especially because the girls are or the nuns are very talented yeah. of themselves. Like they, they should be able to continue doing this. Mind you, might not have the same direction, but they found their voice. Yeah. And literally. Yeah, it just it, it feels kinda it feels kinda crappy in that moment. It does. Yeah. So they're all of the nuns are in, in the middle of the night in What's, the kitchen. It's not all of them. It's Mary Patrick. Four of them. Mary yeah. Robert. Mary Lazarus and Mary Clarence. Exactly. It's the four Marys. <laughs> the four Marys. They're in the kitchen, middle of the night, and they're about to dive in. And to those some aren't ice cream. pints. Those are gallons for of sure. Briars and dryers ice creams. How did they sneak those in? I don't know that, that they snuck them in. I think that they're like just safe for special occasions and they're digging in. Got it. Okay. Mary Roberts like, are you going to leave us, Mary Clarence? And she's not being straightforward with them. Yeah, because she doesn't want to let them down. Right. And And when Mary Clarence says, you know, I'm never going to leave, you know, this is us, whatever. Mary Lazarus goes, that's what Diana Ross said. (laughs) That's right. How do you know what Diana Ross said? Um, She's she's a nun of the world. But yeah, cut back to the police department. The police department was, were they paying the convent to like, yeah, that was set up at the very beginning. Like, obvi- you're having to care for another human being. Here's $10,000 from the police department to help in the Reno. Convent. To- yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's these bills or money vouchers or something like that. It's like accounting. It's like turning in your receipts. Right. That the lieutenant's supposed to be signing, but he's not at his desk. And one of the... Uh, Detective Tate. Um, says, oh, I'll, I'll give those to him and I'll, I'll, I'll give those to him for sign and whatever. And... And then proceeds to rile through it and find out where Dolores was staying. Yeah. And and now he's the leak, which I get as a plot device. But it's so sudden. Well, like, and, it, yeah, because to this point, it's it, it, it could have just as easily been Eddie, the lieutenant. Yeah. Because, again, he's just a cocky bastard. Yeah. It, but it, apparently that's just run parallel to what this guy has actually been leaking. But we haven't been we haven't been shown that. No, not at all. It's kind of it's kind of all out of the blue. And then the lieutenant decks him just storms in and just punches him right in the face and like, i found the leak plug him up guys like oh my right. god it's ridiculous it is too much so vince knows they're getting ready for the concert with the pope and the lieutenant hops on a plane and gets down or gets to san francisco to sort of protect and warn her or, or to get her out of the situation right and she's like i've got a concert for the pope what are you talking about and he's just saying he's like you don't understand you you weren't come here to further your career and she's like uh this would not be the place that i would start my career thank you very much and rightfully so but also you need to know that like your life is in danger and you want to continue doing this well that's his point but also i I mean i get it from her perspective it's changed her and it's changed her outlook on life and you see this because like so she she's like, no, I'm going to stay here and do this. And yes, there's a bit of ego. There's a bit of pride in that. But For she's sure. like, I, I need to go to the little nun's room. She goes into this bathroom 
which apparently has an external exit. It has two doors. And she sneaks out, runs into Mary Robert, and then the two of them get snatched by some of Vince's goons. Yeah, there's like a fake camera crew. They throw him in a car and then they're driving to Reno? Yeah, I guess. Okay. From San Francisco. I don't know what that drive is like. You could look it up real quick while I talk about her in the backseat. Because it's funny because Sister Mary Robert doesn't twig on anything being up. Yeah, like she's she's scared, but she doesn't. She still does not question who Dolores has said she is. She still does not question the identity of Sister Mary Clarence. And I think that's legitimate because there are kind of like with Sister Martha Ann, they're like nuns. Some nuns have a past. Sister Martha Ann had an arrest record. Because oh, that's right. In the 60s, she used to do she used to do sit-ins and protests and stuff for civil rights. <laughs> and and I don't I don't know if she was a nun at the time or if this was before she took her vows. Mm-hmm. But yeah, some nuns have a have a past. And so like yeah. it's it's super convincing to me that Mary Robert st- is more worried about general safety than she is questioning who Mary Clarence says she is. Yeah. So it is a three and a half hour drive from San Francisco to Reno. That's closer than LA to Vegas. It is. Um, and it's only a 56 minute flight. So yeah. like, yeah, it basically, yeah, this is all yeah. plausible. Yeah. Okay. And as all this is happening and sister Mary Clarence, you know, Dolores is like, just do what I say. And what she ends up saying is, you know, I'm going to cough, cough, you unlock the door. Like all of this happens. And then she, Pushes her oh, out for a realize, tuck and roll. I didn't realize what the, what the cough was masking. I was like, why are they coughing? It was masking, unlocking the door and then, okay. and then the tuck and roll. And she's like, don't worry about her. You just wanted me. And, you know, they go, they're all worried about Mary Clarence being gone. And Mary Patrick, Catherine and Jimmy's character is like, she's our inspiration. I was like, what about Jesus, girl? Is <laughs> oh, she singing right. for Jesus? <laughs> why is Mary Clarence your inspiration? Oh, my gosh. And this. Mary Lass says, uh, we can't leave it up to the fans. <laughs> And there's like this Jesus character, like, or G- Jesus character. There's a Jesus character. No, there's a Jesus statue that's like behind them. It's like that buddy Christ from like dogma, like just, just watching over the entire situation. And uh, Mother Superior comes in like, what is, what is going on here? They explain that she's been kidnapped and she, she does makes a 180, an, a complete 180. She's completely on board and they go rent a helicopter. <laughs> I can't tell because it's a bunch of them there and a bunch of them that go. So it can't have been a helicopter. It had I don't to have know, been like some sort when, of light When it passenger came around aircraft. the front of it, there wasn't a propeller or anything like that. Huh. So I don't know if it's a small plane. But anyway, they guilt trip this pilot into into flying them from <laughs> yes. San Francisco to Reno. Can you imagine with having... shady prayers. Right. Father, do not blame this young pilot for abandoning us in our hour of need. When he stands before you on the day of judgment, do not send him straight to hell. Please, please do not treat him with the same disregard that he's treated us. Just because he can't show charity to nuns, try not to leave him without rewards when he asks for them. We know it is easier to answer the prayers of a man who has answered the prayers of others, but if he should come to you for relief of pain, such as rheumatoid arthritis, loss of hair, neck polyps, don't leave him bald and yowling in despair. Watch over him as he refuses to watch over us. And if you cannot, we know that you will have done your level best. What goes around comes around. Sisters, sisters. Nuns around you asking for forgiveness for your soul for not letting these nuns save their friend and take them to Reno. You know what it reminded me of? What? It reminded me of feeding time at the penguin enclosure at the aquarium in Long Beach. Oh my gosh. (laughs) That's that's exactly what it is. But like really shady, angry penguins. And all I could hear in my head was Morgan Freeman. (laughs) Suddenly the penguin saw their source of success and they (laughs) surrounded their target to bend him to their will. Oh, it was so funny. (laughs) 
<laughs> so they fly to Reno and this yes. is this is one of the fun fact things like they they did a lot of location shooting in Reno and they would just go to the casinos in their habits oh and gosh. and Kathy and Jimmy and Wendy McKenna would be in their hotel room like there's a there's a story that that they is all over the place mm-hmm. that they got dressed up in their habits and ordered champagne and french fries oh. from room service and then when the room service got there they had a really loud porn on the TV <laughs> And Kathy and Jimmy was just staring transfixed at the television. Oh my gosh. While the guy was delivering their fries and champagne. It's amazing. And uh, Wendy, she ended up losing it. Like she, because I, apparently her and Kathy bet that, that Wendy couldn't make it through it. Mm-hmm. And Wendy lost 150 bucks because, <laughs> because she laughed and she couldn't, she couldn't commit all the way to the bit. Oh my gosh. We then cut to Dolores and the, the two mob goons yeah. and Vince in that like back room in the casino. Yes. Where was it his office? The same one where, she, where he murdered the other guy because yes, it was like, it was the like same two place. way mirrors. Yeah. Or and two way windows important in just a minute. Yeah. She's in there. They're having like, Hey, you know, why, why did you do this? Why did you run away? And like, and she's spouting all the nun stuff. She's just like, yeah, I forgive you. You know, this and that, like she's saying all the, all the right nun things to try to like sell the fiction. Yeah. But Vince still can't bring himself to kill him. And so he leaves it up to his goons. Right. And goes back out to the bar. And then she proceeds to continue to ask for forgiveness. For, yeah. Like, you know, because they even at one point go out and they're like, we can't kill her. She's still like, what if she is a nun? Like, we don't know that she didn't take vows. Like, what if she is a nun? Yeah. And he, you know, he tells him to go do it. And they're on the count of three. Well, are we are we doing one, two, three, then shoot or one, two, and then shoot on three? And. Then they count and neither of them shoots a bunch of malarkey, bunch of malarkey. <laughs> and so she drops to her knees and starts praying. And that's, you know, bless these men. You know, they, they aren't doing it of their own will. They're, you know, you know, this and that and the other thing. And then they're praying too. And she says, amen. And socks them both in the balls. Just arms straight up right into him at the same time. It was delightful. So the nuns have arrived in Reno and are on the streets. Yes. And Fitzgerald's dollar slots are certified loose. Oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> so they're they're just all out on the streets trying to find this was it like the blue moon or something like that the moonlight lounge the moonlight lounge yeah so like all of this is juxtaposed to him to her punching them in the dicks yeah and running through the kitchens again yeah another another chase scene but now this time yes in- well, it, that's that's led into by again nuns jaywalking through reno under the reno <laughs> sign and it just looks like a, again like penguins just like giggling and running into casinos yeah so the nuns find dolores and then they proceed to try to escape the casino by splitting up because they all look sort of the same right and the goons and vince are chasing after with guns out in the casino like, yeah nobody's raising any, I mean, alarms. I guess Vince is the guy who runs the casino, which is what we're allowed to believe. Or, but or are I think all the, the patrons knowing that he is the I don't, owner it, of the casino. And honestly, I think that where whatever I casino know they Terry were filming Benedict in was the owner of, <laughs> of the Bellagio. Like I wouldn't know who he is if I was gambling in there. I don't know. <laughs> no, fair enough. Fair enough. But I was also <laughs> wondering at one point, like I think this, w- I think when they filmed on location here, this was one of those things where they put signs out at front of the casino that was like, a film is being shot here today. If you enter, you agree to be put on film. Exactly. Because all of those people just look like they didn't, they, those seems like legitimate reactions. Those did a not seem bit. like trained actor or trained, um, you know, uh, background actors. But yeah, like because of the styles of the hairdos, like I, ha- I, I would have credibly believed that that was a shot of Fremont of downtown Vegas. Oh, sure. In the early nineties. Yeah. I mean, again, there was a mullet that went by earlier. <laughs> 
so they're all just running through the casino. They finally find a way out. They um, find a way out. Um, it's just all out of hand. Like it's nonsense. Yeah, at one point, Sister Mary Lass gets grabbed, and she's just like, "Hey, babe." Yes, sweetheart. And then there's the one nun that, like, Mother Superior comes up, and there's one nun, one nun that's playing the slot machine. Oh yes, and she remember? hits it big. It sounds like she, she hits does. it big, and she's just like, "Oh, <laughs> she said that and she has to leave the money." <laughs> it was so delightful. Oh man, and yeah. At one point, Maggie Smith is like, "Try to blend in." It's like, "Are you kidding me?" <laughs> Try to blend in with what? Yes, they end up in in like a banquet room or some sort of like back area. It's it's like the high roller room where yeah, like yeah, yeah. it's again, a private and again, area. There appears yeah. to be two way glass again. Exactly, which is important in a second. Oh, is it is it what that room is on the other side of his yeah, office? His office is there, and that's overlooking oh. that room, which I assume is like again the high roller room. So yeah, obviously, you know what? A look at that. In the very first murder, there were people like walking around in the back. Exactly. In a separate room. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So we get to a head where Vince and his goons are there. All of the nuns are there. Dolores comes out from behind all of them to yeah. like, hey, they're not a part of this. And Vince. It's the same argument about like, can we kill nuns again? And exactly. then he's going to shoot her, but there's all these other witnesses. And just as it looks like he's about to go through with all of it. Bang, crash, and lightning flash. The glass shatters. Vince has been shot in the arm. By, by Eddie through this glass. Yeah. Which just does not seem pro cop move. I get that it's a cool shot. No, But, but if he's not. this decorated and experienced lieutenant running these ju- these big sort of important squads to take down monsters, girl, just come into the, like, you would have come into the door behind them. Yeah, and because he saw them go that way. So I don't know how he knew that the office was there and would have the two-way mirror. But hey, we're suspending our disbeliefs, right? Yeah, I guess so. But yeah, that's that's kind of, uh, that's the end of the story. We get into the the sort of pro- the epilogue, the denouement. It's the concert for the Pope. Yeah. And they're, they're rocking out. The church is full. The Pope is clapping along. Yep, the ADR is real. Um, <laughs> the whoop. Uh, Dolores's hair is is all over the place, all over the place. And again, this and it's is like good looking out. Like, and she's I'm into it. straight up doing like Southern Baptist choir leader. Like her, she is all over the place. Yep, uh, hoofing and a puffing. Yep, everybody applauds at the know. end. The Pope stands up and is also applauding. Which yeah, I mean, you know that's impressive. The end. I love all of their little solos at the end. Yeah, their solos were super cute. So we've got the and you know. Again, Whoopi did sing all of her music, or at least it was never indicated that she didn't. So we go into her singing shout as the credits roll. We've got this People magazine cover, Dolores Van Cartier, Heaven Helped Me. <laughs> and it's got like uh, va- like that that last shot of the film juxtaposed to one of her nightlife positions, whatever. You know what I mean? On yeah. stage. And then we have a Newsweek with the headline, Holy Cow. Rock in the church. Rock in the church. And her it's- and the Pope, who <laughs> yes. kind of looks like Victor Garber. It is um, Dolores Van Cartier cleaning up crime. <laughs> then we have a Time magazine that just says none of that. And I don't actually think the nuns pictured there because I don't think that's Wendy McKenna. I think it's supposed to look like Wendy McKenna, but I don't think that's her. Yeah, it might not be. But she's in this like power suit and singer Dolores Van Cartier. She's got a pearl necklace. She's <laughs> smirking. I think only Whoopi's face was used for that photo. Everything else was post. It looks like bad Photoshop. Next up. The Inquirer. Pope loves pop. And it's the same. It's the same photo that looks like Victor Garber. Sisters are stunned. 
Nuns say rock and roll brought them closer to God. And then again, another <laughs> shot from the nightclub. It says nightclub singer says I'll never work on Sundays again. Exclusive. None exposed. Oh my God. That little, that Kathy and Jimmy looks like she's staring right down the camera with that. <laughs> and Wilby's eyes are huge. So big. Oh my gosh. And we have a Mirabella. Does Mirabella still exist? Hold on. I'm going to Google it. So it says Mirabella Dolores breaking the habit. Which is actually kind of funny because the sequel's called Back in the Habit. Yeah. I love this dress that whoever is not Whoopi is in. Yeah, it's like a blue dress with with some sequins around the the collar. Yeah, Mirabella doesn't exist anymore. Oh, really? They they folded in 2000. Oh. Uh, yeah, they were up and around for about 11 years. So this is the Rolling Stone that you were talking about? Yeah, apparently this one's real, according to either Wikipedia or IMDb. And it says Dolores Van Cartier out of the convent onto the charts. <laughs> it's whoopee with this like black leather jacket. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's super cute. Then there is an album called Dolores. Listen, sister. <laughs> and uh, listen, sister. And then over the top of it, like the title is going place your orders now operators are standing by then there's another album that says that says dolores von cartier gonna make you pray <laughs> it's uh it's quite good and that's it oh yeah i can't find right now any confirmation that rolling stone cover is real outside of the trivia section of imdb so it's at least as legitimate as whatever that is that's sister act let's talk about how it did so the budget for this one was 31 million it made 231.6 million worldwide yeah again so, one of the most commercially successful comedies of the early 90s yeah made a ton critics and audience weren't so great on it but again like uh critics I mean, score a, was 73 on rotten tomatoes 73 is not bad no i mean it's a c viewer score 65 but I, I like it it was a little too serious at times but it brought itself right back up oh for sure yeah you know there weren't nazis in it so that's no good. and only a little bit of boob only a little um bit. you got two golden globe nominations one for best motion picture musical or comedy and then one for best actress for Whoopi. and then just some quick fun facts there's a sister act three coming to disney plus it was announced december of 2018 yeah um so hopefully we'll be able to cover that at one point we already talked about bet midler being originally intended Whoopi hired Carrie Fisher for the for her dialogue, like to okay. do punch ups on her dialogue. Oh, that's cool. And apparently it got so contentious between like the studio and Rudnick and Carrie Fisher said, uh, you're getting into a pissing contest with people who have actual dicks. Oh, God. Yeah, that's no good. And writer Paul Rudnick actually did some research at a convent in Connecticut. And when I say that, like nuns had real lives before the prioress of the convent that he did his initial research as was an actress and had done films with Elvis before. And was a voting member of the Academy. And so she would get screeners for their convent. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. In the reading, like Disney's been subjected to two separate lawsuits from two separate groups of people, both claiming that they stole the idea from their other original work. Yeah. I saw that. And like, it was, it was to the tune of where like they were trying to get a million dollars in damages. Yeah. And, like, I mean, the claims like that are always really hard to prove in court. Yeah. But yeah, that was sister act. I, I really enjoyed What did you think of it? Clancy, you hadn't watched it in a while. Uh, yeah, I honestly, it was super enjoyable. It's going to be one of those movies that I probably can put on to go to bed. Oh yeah. Um, and it's wonderful and it's, um, it's just an, it's a fun little time capsule from 1992. It's paced. Well, again, my biggest criticism is that the first half of it, maybe the first third sort of takes itself a little too seriously. Like I said, it feels very Tennessee Williams right up until she gets to the convent. Yeah. But the music's great. It's got good laughs. The characters are phenomenal. I love Alma. 
Yep. Um, yeah, it's one of my favorites, and I, I'm sure we'll do Sister Act 2 at some point. We Which could is talk about the how Back s- in the Habit movie. Yes, yeah, so we could talk about Sassy Lauren Hill. Yeah. We could talk about little kids hitting high notes all the live long day. It's a good one, but yeah, that's, um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Watch this direct if you haven't already. Yeah, it was really good. Yeah. So Clancy, where can they find me on social media? Um, well, they can find you at Josh watching TV. That's Josh watching TV without the G. Yes. Um, on everything. Yes. And they can find you as C L N C Y on all the things. That's Clancy or Clancy without the a. And then of course you can find, uh, the show everywhere. Nonpluspod.com. You can see, a uh, little sneak peek uh, by the time this goes up, it should be everywhere of our very first Patreon episode. Yes. It was a lot of fun. It was. And it was nice to kind of talk about something that, I mean, we didn't have to prepare. We just had a nice on. little it was a nice conversation. Yeah. Yes. And we got to learn a little bit more about each other's past Disney experiences. Mm-hmm. So that was fun. The epic tale of spring break 07 and you uh, getting in the back door at Disney. I mean, you know, that's <laughs> the way I like it. So, yeah. So, yeah, be sure to go to uh, Making Mischief on Patreon. It's patreon.com slash Making Mischief. You can hear our first episode. You can get bonus content for all of the other shows on yep. Mischief Media, I think. I think everybody's involved. You can get a lot of content. There's a lot of content there. there and is. It's not just from us. Yeah, and we're we're gearing up to do our next one, which uh, is going to be... Um, we're going to be watching the Pixar short out. Oh, yeah. If you want to hear us talk about Pixar's new short about a man coming out um, and probably hear us cry a little bit on the mic for sure. <laughs> <laughs> if you didn't get enough of that on onward, yeah, could you, we, I, we, we, you know, you could really, I found, I went back. You could really hear us sobbing too much in onward. No, no, we held it together, but, but yeah, we might not be able to do it with this one and we purposefully not, we haven't watched it yet. No. So we're going to, we're going to make that kind of a nice fresh experience. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm very excited. So if you want to hear about uh, what we think about out the new gay Pixar short, Sign up for the Patreon at patreon.com slash making mischief. And other than that, be sure to rate, review, subscribe on your platforms. If they've got ratings, reviews, and subscription options, by all means, let us know. Um, I'm loving where our iTunes uh, rating is at, but I'd love to see more reviews. Yeah, for sure. And if we like what you say, we'll read it out on the show. We've done that a couple times. We have done that a yeah. couple times. It's it's a very elite group right now. <laughs> It, they're just they're they're passionate fans and they're probably listening right now and thank you all yes. again um yeah we're uh we're just trucking right along fam but uh for now uh that over there is my husband clancy and that over there is my husband josh and we are nonplussed very nonplussed very nonplussed bye <laughs> Follow him. Follow him. Follow him where he may go. Oh, there isn't an ocean too deep. A mountain so high that can keep, keep me away. No, you're, you're 
there's always a point every time we record where I'm sure we're losing listeners. <laughs> <laughs> Boogie woogie.